Well, we're going to hear from Sue tonight. As a lot of you know, Sue just spent almost a month in Kenya. And um, I'm sure she's going to say a few words about that, but then she's just going to bring what the Lord has laid on her heart for us this evening. So, Sue, I ask you to please come and pray the Lord's blessing on you as you share with us tonight. I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord this evening. I am blessed. Amen. Amen. Uh, it's good to see those I didn't see last weekend. I've been away for a month and a half, and I'm glad to be back. I, I was telling people I'm a child of three worlds, because I belong to America, I belong to Kenya, and I belong to heaven. So I'm a child of three worlds, so, and I'm always happy either to be here or to be in Kenya. And I'm so glad to be back. I missed being here and I missed being there. Uh, I was requested to talk about, to share about my trip. And actually, even though I was there for a while, I didn't know many things happened. <laughs> I preached every Sunday that I was away. I was able to minister in different places, but more so uh, in the church that is called Jesus Power Christian Church, that is our home church back there. And uh, it was great being back, dancing, jumping. Uh, it's a different culture. It's not that it's Supidus so just different, like people behave differently in church. They are more vigorous, they jump, they dance, they clap, they do a lot of stuff that and I I realized how much I have changed because I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> this is what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> so and they also commented that I'm more like here than more than more that, than I was there. I had the opportunity to share the gospel in different churches. I was invited to, it had been alleged even before I got there that this particular weekend or this particular day you were preaching in a midweek fellowship in this church, in this denomination, so different denominations. People work together more easily and I got to meet friends, some new some old ones, and it was such a joy being able to see people that I have not seen for many years. And for some reason, the four years that I had not gone back, to most of the people felt like I've never been back since I came to America. So even people that I had gone back and seen were telling me, the last time we saw you was on your wedding. And I was like, I was here and you saw me. <laughs> but the four years made them think they had never, they have not seen me like for 10 years. So it was, there was great uh, excitement and I was able to meet my family. My family is big. <laughs> so I wasn't able to see everybody, but I was able to see maybe 90%. There was a, a on my dad's side, somebody had passed away, so I went for the funeral and I got to meet a lot of them that I wouldn't have been able to go out looking for. And 
even my nieces and nephews, I wasn't able to meet all of them because some of them were in different places, but I saw most of them. And uh, it was a blessing. I met some of my nephews that I had, the last time I had seen them, they were not walking with the Lord, but now they are walking with the Lord. So that was a joy and a blessing to be able to, sh- to, sh- to share Jesus with them, to be able to be in church with them. And so it was, that was, that was very, that was a great blessing. The many different churches, the different churches that I was able to go to, uh, most of them are familiar to us. They know Chris, and so the, the fact that they know Chris, they feel like they know everybody. <laughs> Whatever it is that Chris is from, they know the people from there, so they kind of feel like they knew you. So they all sent greetings and a lot of love, and they desire that uh, uh, more than Chris and I will be able to ever go there and they can meet you. So the invitation is open. So if you ever want to go, I can send you. We can send you to people that love you already and want to see you. I was supposed to go to Uganda, but I never did because the COVID uh, rules for Uganda were very different from Kenya. And I didn't work out, so I didn't. We didn't go to Uganda, but um, so I stayed in Kenya the whole time. And it was going to be very complicated if I had gone to Uganda and then come back to Kenya and then try to fly out the, embassy, the, 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 the airport, it would have been a little bit complicated. And I, there was a trip that was supposed to happen in one of the regions where we preached the gospel to that people group that is not very well reached. And uh, the, the mission happened the very last week before I came. And for that reason, I decided not to go because it was too close to the time that I was supposed to be leaving. And it's a place that we say, you never know. So you can go and not be able to make it back when you are supposed to be coming back. So I didn't, for that reason, I didn't go. But um, Bishop Washira was there. And uh, I can... uh, say that a miracle has happened over there because for many years we have desired to have a well dug for the people because it's a, like Chris said last Saturday, we call it semi-arid, but all the Americans agree that it is arid. It's a desert, but we say it is semi-arid. But it's a, it's, it's kind of a desert and there's no water, so the people have to go for, for many miles to get water. And they usually stay where there is water. And they are nomads. It's a place whereby when you go and you have a, your bottled water, the minute you are drinking, somebody is going up and down with you. When you drink, they go up with you. When you come down, they come down with you. They are little waiting, hoping you will not finish it. You will give it to them. So, and if you finish it and you drop the bottle, they will go for the bottle and try to get the little that there is and keep the bottle so they can, whenever they will find water, they can get water. So there's a, a, a group that is from Mexico and they were able to go with, uh, with Bishop Washila and 
It's a complicated story, but somehow <laughs> they will be digging a well soon in the place where we have the ch our church has been given a portion of the land. Okay, the land is for the government. So the community will say you can have as many acres as you want. So they, but we are they are trying to get the letters for their location, a place where they can, we can build a, a big church, a school, whatever. Okay. We're going to take a chunk, like hundreds of acres, and have them allocated to the Jesus Power Church. And the person, they had given a, a different group, the Mexicans, to dig the well. They are Jews, but I think they live in Mexico, so it's a mixture. And uh, the group they had given is has some white people, I don't know where they are from, and they were trying to dig the water. I don't know. They were working with the government, and that makes it more complicated and corrupt. So they never got the water. And they were supposed to launch the well, but it didn't happen. But which initially we had wanted somebody that we know, a man of God, to be given the, the contract. And by the grace of God, uh, as per Friday this past week, I was told he was going to be awarded the, the, the contract to dig the well, which is a blessing because he's a man of God, and he is going to be a blessing to the church and to the ministry. So possibly in a few months, the well will be dug and there will be water for the people, and then the other things can follow. So when... Uh, Bishop Joseph was there, Joseph Washiro was there. Okay, this group from Mexico, even though they are Jews, they are not born again. They're just there for, just to do the humanitarian work. But whenever we are there, whenever they are there with them, they make sure they will, they, they will preach the gospel and then give the foods they have brought and do the, the free medical camps. And this time around, they were able to, Joseph was able to lead them to villages that they have never been before. And he said, this was his testimony. He said, this is not evangelistically speaking. So there's no exaggeration. But in every, most of the villages where they went, more than 2,000 people, 15, 2,000 people would show up and he would preach the gospel. And I have seen some of the clips of, uh, from the preaching, and he would ask for the people to, who want to receive Jesus, and he said he couldn't keep up with the numbers. He wasn't able to, he couldn't tell us how many people came to the Lord because many, many, hundreds of them came to Jesus. So uh, many people came to the Lord, and... They got born again, and the work of the gospel is continuing. So basically, what I want to say is I had a very good trip. My flight there was the best that I've ever had. It was, it was very smooth, no turbulence, nothing. It was very easy, which was the opposite of when I was coming back. So, but it was very easy getting there and being around there, being able to be with people, to do ministry, to preach, to go places. And I was able to 
most of you knew I was helping somebody write a book. I was able to meet with her and heard over the work that I was doing. So hopefully they'll be able to print the book soon. And so it was a blessing. Those people who blessed me when going, God bless you. Those who have been praying for me and our family back there, the Lord bless you. Kenya is at a, at a place whereby there'll be elections in a month's time. And so the, the atmosphere is, is very volatile, very, it's not very soft. People are, are going for it. It's different from here. And we are praying that there will be peace. There has been a lot of post-election violence in the past. So pray for that nation that this time around there will be peace after the elections in a month's time. That the gospel will be, will, people will be able to continue preaching the gospel. I think this starts mostly about all I'm going to say about the trip. So many people came to the Lord even when I was in, there in the bush. But even where I was, there were people that were responding to the gospel, the preaching, uh, the places where I was, people were, were very excited. Some were very offended that I wasn't able to go to their churches because they wanted me to go. And I couldn't go, and it was, but it was good. I was, I was blessed to be able to go back home, and I'm blessed back. To, I'm blessed to be back here. So, having said that, I want to speak briefly about uh, expectation. When I was going over there. I had great expectations, and people were, had an expectation. And even when I went out into the places that I was able to, there was great expectation. People were expecting, and it was, it was good. It was good to see, the, to see what God was doing. So this evening, I want to, sh- to talk to us about increasing the level of our expectation. I am just going to share from my heart uh, the, the thoughts that have been coming to me even when I've been re- reflecting about what was happening and what has been happening. And I, and I, and I, when I look back, I could see how expectant the people were that I was going. Like, they were like, we can't wait. We, we so excited you're coming. And then I got there, and the places that I would go, like the first Sunday that I was there, there were people that came from so far away simply because they had heard I was back in the nation. Not because I'm a big person, but because there's some, I'm somebody that they know and they want to see, and so they would come. They would come to church, and we would have a great time. So I was thinking about expectation, and I looked up about the meaning of the word expectation, and there are many things that, uh, that the dictionaries talk about, about expectation. One of them is hope. It is the anticipation, the trust, the confidence. It's, it's, it's the, the, the desire, the anticipation of something that is going to happen. 
One of the words that is used more and more about, ex uh, about expectation is hope. And, and hope is a word that you see in the scripture a lot. And it's about, and, and it's a scripture that says that hope does not disappoint. So when there is that expectation, an expectation of what God is going to do, then that expectation or that the word of God calls hope, the Bible says it does not disappoint. So I looked up the word expectation in the Bible and some of the scriptures whereby that word is mentioned is in Psalm 62 and verse 5. And the Bible says, my soul waits only upon God for my expectation is from him. So this is David who said, my soul waits upon God, for my expectation is in him. So there is, there has to be an expectation of something that is to happen or it's happening. And when I was thinking about expectation, I was thinking about the times that we are in and where we are and what people are expecting. And I thought, about how, what do I expect to see when I go to church? What, what, what is my expectation? When I show up in the house of the Lord, what am I expecting? And so to David, David said, my soul waits upon God, for my expectation is from him. Then another place that the word uh, expectation is mentioned is in Proverbs 23, 18. And the word of God says, for surely there is a reward or unexpected aid, and your expectation shall not be cut off. So when we expect in God, our expectation shall not be cut off, and that the same scripture is repeated in Proverbs 24 and verse 14. And uh, when I was thinking about all this, I read the scriptures in the book of Luke chapter 3, and we're going to read uh, Luke chapter 3 and verse 15. Luke chapter 3 and verse 15. And the Bible says, And as the people were in expectation, and all men mused or wondered in their hearts about John, whether he were the Christ or not. And I'm going to pray. Our Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. Even as we share your word this evening, I pray that, God, that our expectation will be in you and upon you. And I pray that, God, you're going to speak to us and you're going to open our eyes even to the riches that is in your word. We give you praise. We give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. So the word of God... Uh, as we have led, says, and the people were wondering about John if he were the Christ. If you can remember well, the Bible talks about, um, okay, before we get to this scripture, before we get here, from the Old Testament, you remember there's the, 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 when God was speaking, then there was silence, and I remember somebody who was teaching us the Bible, I can't remember, I was 
walking through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, walk through the Bible, and then they would say 400 years silence. So they, it's after this silence of the 400 years, and the people began to have an expectation. So when John the Baptist shows up, these people are looking for something and for somebody. So they began to wonder, is this the Christ? After this, the silence that had been there, the people living without hearing God speaking, without seeing anything, without anything happening, suddenly there was an expectation. So when John shows up and began saying, I'm a voice crying in the wilderness, they began to wonder, is this the Christ? And what I want to say today is, there has to be an expectation and God is looking for a people who have expectation. Before these people began expecting, nothing was happening. But when they began, when their hearts were stirred up, when they began looking, then something happened. There has to be, we have to have an expectation. We have to be a people that are expecting God to move or to do something. And I've been, I, I came back and all what has been happening has been happening in America. And I'm looking at the church. After I have heard how people in America have been praying for the 40 some years, expecting the abortion law to be overturned. And I'm looking at the church. What are we expecting? What are we doing? After all the prayers, after all what we ha have been happening, what is our expectation? And God is looking for a people that have an expectation. God is looking for people who have expectation. Every day, you have to wake up with an expectation that today is a day that God can move. Because when we do not have expectation, then when God doesn't do anything, then you're not even disappointed because you aren't even expecting him to do anything. In one of the days that we were, that I was back there, I remember we were going from uh, one place going to another, and in between there is this marketplace. And this place is a place whereby we had lived with my friend Geraldine for many years, and we had preached, and... Uh, there, there were many people, there are many people that we know, and there, there's a particular old lady, older lady, that I wanted to, I was really desiring to see her. And she has, she, she sells in the market, she sells second-hand clothes in the market. Like, um, I know you have seen these things in, or maybe on the TV, like, there's a big open-air place and somebody has their socks from wherever, from Britain, from America, or, and they are just trying to sell. So that's what she does. And I really, really decided to see her. And I, I knew if I just went and walked to where she was in the market, it was going to be chaos. Because she, she's a bigger lady and she is, she doesn't hold back her reactions and emotions. So I knew I'll, I, I'll either be on the, on the ground in the market. <laughs> So I decided, we decided to be wise. So we sent one of our friends and we sent her to, to her and we, we told her, you go and tell her 
to come and meet some, uh, to, to come and show her something. So she went and sweet talked to her because she has, she has a business. She's doing something and she was like, and she's like, and, um, she's like, she's old enough to be my mom. So she, <laughs> so you can imagine how she's trying to get her from her place. And they walked and they came to where she was. And the minute she realized it was me, we, we created a scene, like people were coming to watch the scene. And I was leaning against the vehicle, so she, there was no way she was going to get me on the ground, but it was, it was something. So from where she, from the minute she saw me and realized it was me, she came speaking in tongues. So you can imagine the marketplace with her hands raised up and she's <laughs> at the top of, top of her voice speaking in tongues. And then we met, we hugged and spoke in tongues for a long while. <laughs> Before we were able to speak in any language that any of us could understand. And then uh, we, we had a good time. And then she went back to her place. And by then, a lot of people that knew us had shown up and they had, it's like news started spreading that I'm in town. <laughs> and this, this is a town we, it's a, it's a little village, it's, okay, it's, it's a small town, but with, Lots of people. <laughs> so, and one time there was a chief, and he was feared. He even had a, I know you, you, you've seen that movie, I haven't, I don't even know the movie very well, but I know there's a movie that there's somebody called Rambo. So he, we, he had that nickname, because whenever he showed up in the village, any young man who was found reutering, those were many years ago. He would whip them, and so the minute they would hear he was, he, anybody had his, he had shown up, they would take off. But, but I and Geraldine, we were their security. Because we, he knew, as we had a good testimony that he knew anybody who was with us wasn't a criminal. So the young people would run and come and join us because they knew when, if we met with him and he saw our faces, he wasn't going to touch anybody in our group. So in short, people heard that, people heard that we were there. And one lady, she had a small, she has a small business. She makes clothes. She's a seamstress, kind of a tailor. So, and, uh, she sent somebody and told them to come and tell us to go say hi to her because she was at the shop with her, with, she was at her place of work with her daughter who was unwell. So after we talked with the many people that were there, we went to the, to her place of work and her daughter was there, a little girl like 10, 11 years. She was in the school. She, the school had called the mom to go get her because she was so sick in school. So we got her, and she was preparing to take her to the doctor. So we went in, and it was, we're going to pray for her. So we, we went to where, the, okay, this, you know, a shop, there is a place where, but okay, not here. But you have a place, you, you stay on the other side of the counter, and the one of the shop is on the other side, so you can't, you can't cross over. So we went inside, and in my heart, I knew, <laughs> and I'm talking about expectation. So I, I was expecting this little girl to get healed. So we went, I don't know what the, the expectation was, but we, we went in, 
I think the mother was expecting us to pray and then she gets ready and takes the girl to the doctor. But we were expecting to go pray and she gets healed. So we went in, laid our hands on her, prayed for her. And instantly she just sat up and told the mother, I feel okay. I'm well, I'm not going to the doctor. And that was, that changed everything, even for, for the people. You know that you can, you can stay in a kind of a state like things happen. You get sick, you go to the doctor, and that is it. But suddenly the atmosphere changed, like God is still moving. Even after all these years, God is still working, God is still moving. So the girl got well, they didn't have to go to the doctor, they went back home, and all the pain were gone, and she stood up, and she's smiling, and she walked out of the, of the place and walked outside, and the mom was like, this is incredible. Because she, she had a condition, and I, we got the report even after that, that the, she's completely healed even of the condition that she had that was keeping her from school. So God did it. The kid was expecting to be healed. The minute she heard that there are people, I don't think I I I, I know the parents, but I don't I, I had I had not met, met the girl. But when she heard there were people coming to pray for her, her, her expectation was I'm going to get healed. And us, as we were coming, our expectation was she was going to get healed. So she got healed. But the the mom. That wasn't her expectation. Her expectation was, after this, we're going to go to the doctor. So when they went home, the girl was trying to tell the dad, trying to, because she didn't know who we are. The mom knew who we are, but the, the girl didn't know who we are. So the, the, mom, the girl was trying to, tell, to explain to, the, to, to tell the dad who prayed for her. And she couldn't remember all the names, and she was trying to explain. And the dad was struggling, who are these? And finally, he got to know who it was. So the expectation of this girl was met instantly because God works with people who have, who have an expectation. When we have an expectation in God, like what David said, that my expectation is from you. Like, and the Bible says that your expectation shall not be cut off. When we have that expectation in God, then God is able to move. The people had stayed for years, these years of silence. And when they saw John, they began to wonder, is this the Messiah? Is this him? And as they were wondering about John, they were kind of looking for something. Their hearts were beginning to be awakened. And it is my desire that our hearts will be awakened to what God is doing today. I remember Chris speaking to us last week and he said, it's a new season. Things have changed. If you are not aware, I want to declare to you that things have changed. When, 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 when that, when whatever has been happening in America has happened, we have shifted gears. So if you are still in the, in the 
<laughs> where we were before, it's a high time you, you, you switched gears because we, we have already moved on. There is, in the atmosphere, in the, in the, in the spiritual realm, things have already changed. So, what are you expecting? What are you, what, do, what are you expecting to see God doing? We need to live our lives daily with expectation. Like every morning that you're waking up, you have an expectation of God is with me. God is going to work with me today. God is going to move with me because he, he wants us to have an expected aid and our expectation shall not be cut off. But you have to have that expectation which will not be cut off. You have to be expecting to see God moving. You, when, you, when you're praying, you have to have an expectation that your prayers are going to be answered. When you're waiting on God, you going, you got to have an expectation that God is going to show up. Like, sometimes I feel sad. Like when people are in church and we pray, but we really are not expecting God to do anything. Like we, we expect him to do it next year. We expect him to do it sometime, but not like now. Like if he did it right now, like if Jesus showed up right now, we would be like, but we should have an expectation. Like we want him to show up now. We want him, we want him to move now. We need to expect God to, sh to, to pour out his spirit. Like when, we, when you're praying for somebody, when you're talking about the move of God, you have to have an expectation like this is going to happen now. It's not next year. It is this time that we are in. We need, even in our prayers, we need to have expectation. Knowing that God, he, God hears and he, we, he knows we are expecting an answer. Like we need to live every day expecting God to perform a miracle in our lives. Like when you wake up in the morning, you, you're expecting that this day is a day of miracles, is a day of God working with me. It's a day of God showing up. My, my stay back, back in Africa was kind of, a reminder of, <laughs> of things that happen. Like, um, you know, it's different here. I wake up. If I need to go to Lexington, I take my car and get in the car and go to Lexington and do what I was doing and come back. But back there, there is a chance of interacting with a lot of people as you move around. And uh, you, 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 you want to go someplace. And as you're walking, you see somebody who is mentally ill, it could be just mentally ill or demon-possessed or something is going on. And you, as a believer, you cannot afford to just be there, like just go about your businesses. You've you got to realize you are needed and you've got to have, to have it in you, like this situation is calling for you to act. Uh, for example, when you go visiting people in their homes and you show up and you are a believer, the minute you show up, they look at you with an expectation like you're bringing something from God, either a word or you, you they, they are expecting 
you, you just didn't show up to drink their tea. You just came because you are a man of God or you are a believer. And if there is somebody sick in the home, they will tell you, eh, so-and-so is not feeling well. So they expect you to pray for the so-and-so so that they get better. So you, you, you just cannot afford to just be there. You got to be able to, co- to have connected with God because they're expecting you to, to perform. They're expecting you and your God. When you show up, something has to happen. Like, uh, like the, the story I was just telling you about when we went to the shop. They, they're not, they, they, they know if you have come, you have come with the presence of God, so something has to happen. So we have to have to know, we have to have uh, an expectation that God, our God, the God of miracles is working with us and is going to do something this very day. You, we have to be a people that are expecting to hear from God every day. Like when you wake up in the morning, you have an ear that can hear what is God saying about me today or about the situation that I'm in today. That if you need a miracle, you expect that God can, is going to act on your behalf every day. When you wake up, you need to know that God is expecting you to live as his child and to trust him. And you are expecting God to walk with you and to work and to do because he's God and you are together. And as I was thinking about all this, I thought about David and Goliath. The Bible says in the book of Samuel chapter 17 and verse 32, when, uh, when, when, uh, when all the Israelites were so worried, when Goliath would show up in the morning and he, he would say, and this had happened for 40 days, he would come in the morning and say, choose a man that he may come and fight with me. If he defeats me, we become your servant, uh, we become your servants. If I defeat him, then you become our servant. And this happened for 40 days. And then David shows up, and I think about David. He had been sent to take cheese and whatever else to his brothers, but he knew who he was. He knew he has been with God. When he was out looking after, when he was out there looking after the animals, he knew he has been with God. So when Saul, when after all the conversation, you know about the conversation and his brothers asking him, what, how, who did you leave the sheep with? And he finally is before Saul, before Saul. And he says to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of this Philistine. And I was thinking about David. He had an expectation that his God is going to move with him because he has been with God. And he said, I will go and fight with this Philistine. And I'm looking at, thinking about David. This young man and this man of war that have been here, looking at this great giant, but he had the confidence to say, let no man's heart fail because of this Philistine, because I'm going to fight with him. He said, I killed a bear and I killed a lion and this Philistine will be like one of them. And then he says, the Lord that delivered me 
shall deliver me. The, for, uh, the Lord that delivered me from the, the, paw, the, the paw of the bear and, uh, and the mouth of the lion shall deliver me from this Philistine. He had an expectation that with God, that when, I, when, when God shows up, when I go down there with God, this Philistine is going to fall. Not, not because he had seen it before, but he had an expectation. And when, because he had an expectation, God had to move. Because he was expecting God to show up. So God didn't have a choice but to show up. When we have an expectation in God, then God, because he's looking for somebody who has, who is in an atmosphere that can make him move, then God moves. So in verse 37, he says, the Lord that delivered me from the paw of the, uh, uh, of the bear and uh, the, the mouth of the lion shall deliver me. Then in verse 45, he says, the, the, the Goliath was saying, you coming to me with a stake, am I a dog? And he says, I come to you in the name of the Lord. So his expectation was in God. He was expecting that his God is going to move on his behalf. David was expecting to defeat Goliath. He, he wasn't going to try to see if Goliath was going to be defeated. He had an expectation that God is going to defeat this giant. Full stop. We have to have an expectation that we are more than conquerors. When we show up, the devil must bow. When we, when we pray, a miracle must happen. When we ask God, God is going to move because it's, that's all we are expecting him to do. There is nothing. We, we're not trying. We're not, it's not 50-50. He might, he might not. You know, you know the times in our, and maybe where we are spiritually has sometimes left us thinking it might happen, it might not. God might show up today, he might not. But that is what the enemy wants us to see. There is nothing that the enemy likes more than when we as a believer, you live, you, you, you live in deception. Like you deceived, like God can show up or not show up. Like he's not a God of today, he's a God of tomorrow. And you walk in that. The enemy loves that because he knows. He can always keep telling you it's not today, it's tomorrow. Like you see when people are not born again, you go, you witness to them. And you see they're almost saying yes to the gospel. And then they tell you, next time, maybe tomorrow. Because the enemy wants to keep you, not now, but tomorrow. But when we have an expectation knowing that we want, we, we are with a God that can move now, then God moves. The devil is scared of your perception. David's perception was, I was with God when the bear showed up, and he, God showed, showed up for me. I was there when the bear showed up, and God showed up for me. So his perception was God is showing up. The devil is scared of our perception. When he knows that your perception is God is coming and he's doing it, that, that scares him. So he tries to distort it and help and, and makes you see not today, but next time. It's not going to work now. What if 
Even when you meet somebody in the store and you want to pray for them, like you see somebody and you're like, you want to, you want to minister to them. And then the devil say, what if it doesn't happen? Because he, he's scared of your perception. What, what if you know he, it's going to happen? So he wants you to see like, it's not going to happen right now. It will be next time. So what do you see? David could see Goliath defeated. Even as he was walking with those rocks, he was seeing the giant on the ground. So my question to us today is, what do you see? When you look at the situation that is in front of you, when you look at that hard thing, when you look at that situation, what do you see? We got to have the eyes of Christ that can see that he has already defeated the enemy. The battle is already won. We, that we, eyes that can see like David would see, even though the giant is walking, his perception was the giant is already defeated. Even though the, a disease may be there or the symptoms may be there, your perception is you are defeated at Calvary. By his stripes, you are he, we, we are, I was healed. And if I was healed, then I am healed. We have to increase the level of our expectation. Whatever, whichever level you have been expecting, personally I have, I have to increase my level of expectation. For us to see the fire of God, like for the many years that I've been here, I know we have all been waiting and expecting to see the move of God, the fire of God. But we have to increase, at this particular time, we have to increase the level of our expectation because we have been at a certain level that we have been expecting and a lot of us, we have, it's just that, expecting. And there is not, there is not, the urgency is not there. And like I said earlier about expectation, I said it is the anticipation. The anticipation in some of us have already gone. We say we're hoping, but it's next time. But for us to see the move of God in America, and I'm saying this believing like uh, we, 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 we've been walking with the times knowing that God has promised that when this law has, this, the, this thing has fallen, that they, there is a new thing that he is doing in the land. Like, we have to have an expectation. We have to raise our expectation for us to see the fire of God. We all want the fire to fall. But if there is nothing to burn, then the fire cannot fall. The fire does not, fire does not fall where there is nothing to burn. If there is, if the fire of God has to come here, there has to be something that has to be burned. The word of God says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 about us being the sacrifice. Uh, let, me, let me read that, the scriptures so that I do not misquote it. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, the Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies 
is a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your listenable service. When the Bible talks about us giving us giving ourselves or uh, offering ourselves as a living sacrifice, I thought about the type of sacrifices that the Israelites were required to do, and there are different types of sacrifices. But there was a daily sacrifice, the burnt offering, that was done daily. If you look in the uh, in, in Exodus chapter 20, 29 and verse 38, you can see they were supposed to offer the sacrifice in the morning, and verse 39 says, and in the evening. So this was a sacrifice that was done daily. So when the Bible is talking about us offering ourselves as a living sacrifice, this is a daily thing that every morning when you wake up, you offer yourself as a living sacrifice. So there has to be something that has, has got to be laid on the, sac, uh, on the, on the altar to be burned for the fire of God to fall. So I was thinking, maybe the fire does not fall because there is no sacrifice. We haven't been laying the sacrifice on the altar so the fire has not fallen because there is nothing to burn. Because when, um, when there is an offering, then God sets the fire. If you read the, 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 the Bible in the book of Kings, chapter 18, this was about when uh, the, the prophets of Baal and the prophets uh, and Elisha, is it Elijah or Elisha? Elisha was, was offering, uh, 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 was, was, Offering a sacrifice before the Lord. That is in the book of First Kings. Let me make sure I'm talking about the right person. First Kings chapter 18 and verse 31. The Bible says, and it's Elijah. Uh, when Elijah was, uh, had the competition with the prophets of Baal, the Bible says, talks about how he laid the sacrifice, how he, he, he allowed them to pick the bull. They picked their bull and he picked, and he had the one that was remaining and he made the altar later on after they had prayed and their God, Baal had not moved. And the Bible says, at the hour of the evening sacrifice. So, I'm talking, I'm, uh, this is why I said this was the sacrifice, the burnt offering that was given was done every day. So as a believer, you have to be at a place whereby every day you are able to offer yourself as a living sacrifice on a daily basis. You cannot afford or we cannot afford to just live our days like anyone else. The non-believers can afford to wake up, get a cup of coffee, and get on their way and go to work. But we cannot afford to live like that. We got to be able to, uh, to be able to have a time that every morning when your feet touches the ground, you have a time to tell God, I come and I give myself as a living sacrifice for you today so that whatever you want to do with me today, you will do with me today. Like, we, we have to be intentional about us laying the sacrifice so that his fire can fall. Because if we do not lay the sacrifice down, 
then the day will be wasted. Like the day will be, you leave, you go to work, you will do what you do, you will do, you will cook, you will feed your family, you will do everything. But as far as the kingdom uh, matter is concerned, as far as the kingdom business is concerned, we may miss out. I'm talking this because it was really very evident when I went to Africa, like, I realized I can't, I can't be able to live every day like I live in America. I got, I have to be very intentional with what I'm doing because these people have an expectation. And then I realized it's not just the people that have an expectation, even God has an expectation about me. And that expectation does not cease the minute I close the borders or I close the seas. Even here, God has an expectation. Like when I wake up, he's expecting me to perform as far as his kingdom is concerned. He's counting on me when I go to Walmart to do something. He's counting on me to impact the world with the, with the issues, with the kingdom of heaven. So he, I, I, I got to, I got to be, to be very intentional with how I'm living my life. So the Bible says that, um, Elijah made the altar. He laid the wood and he cut the bull. So he, he was, he was led to offer the sacrifice. And the Bible says that the hour of the evening sacrifice, that's when he called on God. And God sent fire. When the altar was made, and when he laid the wood, and he cut the bullock, when the sacrifice was laid out, then he called on God, and fire came. When you lay yourself out before the Lord, when you, you have laid the, yourself as the living sacrifice, and the Bible says, that whoever wants to follow the Lord, he say, the Bible says that you deny yourself and then you, you follow him. You carry the cross. You deny yourself, that is the sacrifice. You carry the, the cross, that is the wood. And then you follow him. Then he, he, he when you, you, you let go, he lets the fire come, and then you are able to follow him. So when Elijah did this, then the fire of God came. For the kingdom of God to advance in the days that we are living in, we, there has to be a kind of a sacrifice in our lives. We have to offer, we have to offer ourselves to advance the kingdom of God from where we are to the next level that God is willing and wanting to take us. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, the Bible says they were together, they were all together in the upper room. And my thinking is they were offering themselves every day. They had been told to go and wait. So every day they would be together I can imagine they were just praying and waiting on God. He said, we wait here until he shows up. So they were offering themselves and they would say, God, we are, Jesus, we are here. We know you are here and you left. We are here. They would offer themselves before the Lord every day. So as they were offering themselves every day before the Lord, 
When the day of Pentecost was fully come, then the fire came. We can't afford to go on a day without prayer, without offering ourselves. They were expecting God in the upper room, and then the fire of God fell. They had not left. They were staying there because they were waiting for the fire of God to fall. We cannot afford not to wait on the fire of God. When we lay ourselves as a sacrifice, daily as a living sacrifice, then the fire of God is going to fall. We have to raise our level of expectation. Like I was telling people, there is nothing else that God needs to do for him to use us. He has done all he needs to do in order for us to be used of him. All now we need to do is to offer ourselves to him. Then he lets his fire fall and move in our lives so that we can be effective. We can affect, affect the world uh, for the sake of the kingdom. They laid, the, 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 they laid themselves before the Lord daily. They were waiting for the promise because they had been told to stay there until the promise came. And so they were waiting every day. They were not going anywhere. They were waiting and they waited and waited until the day of Pentecost was fully come. Sometimes it's, uh, for me is that I want to wait, but then after some time you're like, uh, don't this think this is going to happen. So you want to change. You want, a you want plan, plan B because this waiting, you have been waiting and nothing has been happening. But it is important to tally and wait upon God. Since the sacrifice was laid out, the fire of God then fell because they had laid themselves out. Elijah, uh, Elijah had laid the sacrifice. The fire of God had to fall. When we lay the sacrifice, when we lay ourselves on the altar, when we give it up unto the Lord every day and we tell him, I'm willing. It doesn't matter what is going to happen. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what people think. I'm laid out for you. Then the fire will fall. Let's expect the fire every day by laying ourselves before him. There are things that ought to be burned up. The, 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 the fire we of, there are things that the fire burns up when we lay ourselves, when we go before the Lord. There are things that he will point out. This ought not to be there. This ought to be burned up. This, our, our pride, our fears, things that we hold onto. Then the fire falls and things change. Tasha Cobb sings, and I, I like the song, although sometimes when I'm, she's singing, I sing, sometimes I sing it differently. She sings that you provide the fire and I will provide the sacrifice. I usually sing, I have provided the sacrifice, you provide the fire. Because most of the times we want him to provide the fire, but the sacrifice is not there. But I think we ought to begin with providing the sacrifice so that the fire can come. Because the fire will not come when there is no sacrifice. When there is nothing to burn, the fire will not fall. When they stayed up in the upper room and they were laid out, they were, they were offering themselves as a living sacrifice daily, then the fire fell. After Elijah laid out the sacrifice, when he built the altar, when he 
he, he, he laid the burak on the, on, the, on the altar. Then he said, God set the fire. So the fire came. So I think we ought to, as we wait for the fire of God to move, as we wait, as we have been saying, we're waiting on the fire of God. I think we ought to lay the sacrifice. That every day of our lives, we will tell the Lord, I'm willing. It doesn't, I'm not holding anything back anymore. That this move, this new move of God, this, whatever God is doing from this July of 2022, whatever God is doing, I'm not going to miss out. Because it will be so sad. You know, the people who were there in 1973 and 75, who were praying and waiting, the other people who were there, and they, was, they were praying and asking God, will this happen in our lifetime? And some of them are gone. It didn't happen in their lifetime. Like, we show up in heaven, and we are empty-hearted. As far as the promises are, like they were, because they went ahead of us. But we were there when things were changing, when gears changed, and then we show up in heaven, empty-hearted, because we had no expectation. We, we didn't know what God wanted us to do. We didn't know what God was doing. We, we weren't in tune with what God is doing at this new time. Because I, I am sure he is gathering in the harvest. And it will be so sad, like we are alive, God has given us the breath of life, and we are here, but we don't have an expectation of anything that God is doing. I hope I'm communicating about this expectation, like, I hope we will have an expectation, like, we be involved in what God is doing, that he has let us be alive today, and he's doing something new, and he's gathering in the end time harvest. Like, we will not just be passed by. Like, people are moving with God. Things are happening. Uh, you hear big testimonies of people being raised from the dead. I, I have heard testimonies. I've seen people. And I, I was able to interact with people who have been moving with God and seeing God move. Somebody being called that like somebody is dying and they show up and they pray and the person is back to hell, then moving and living. And it would be so sad if we showed up in heaven, having been given all the opportunities, and then we have nothing because we didn't have an expectation. So God couldn't work with us because we never expected him to work with us. He was wanted to work with us, but he, we didn't expect him to work with us. You know, there are times you think, and I, I, was, I, was, telling, I was telling people, are giving people an example, like um, back there, there was a, there, there was a time that I was very known <laughs> for Iron Geraldine for being there. Like whenever we'd show up at a place, then somehow, for no apparent reason, either a drunk person disorderly would show up or a mad person would show up. Something, something unusual would happen. And like we would be in a, in a, in church and everybody is quiet waiting and the thing is happening. And then a mad person, a crazy guy walks in going towards the, <laughs> the altar. 
they would be ashes to hold the person, but then they wouldn't know what to do with the demons, and they would be looking for me <laughs> to come get the demons out. And I was telling people the other day, we, we have the, the, the times that we want somebody else to do it. Like, like if, somebody, if, some, if somebody showed up here, like you're like, um, I hope Uncle Tim is going to deal with that case. And you're like, I, I am interce I'm interceding for this one. You don't want to be the person who is going to be, to be dealing with the issue. It may be not demons, it may be somebody sick, but you're like, let somebody else deal with that. I can, I can play quietly. But we have to have an expectation that God wants to use me. Not that other person. God wants to use me to do this. If it's somebody who is sick, God wants to use me to heal this person. It's not somebody else. It's me he wants to use for this particular case. If, if something is happening around you, or if God has allowed you to be in a particular place, it's you he wants to use to do whatever it is that needs to be done. So finally, brethren, let us raise our expectation. Because when there is expectation, God is able to move. And when we expect in God, the Bible says that our expectations, that our, our hope shall not be cut off. The expectation we have in God will not be cut off. When we lay ourselves before the altar every day, then the fire will come. When we raise our expectation that God, the God of fire, the God of the sacrifice is going to show up, and something spectacular, something out of the ordinary is going to happen, that my life cannot be just an ordinary life. It is my life that Jesus died for, and he wants to use me in an, in a, in a, in an extraordinary way. And we lay ourselves on the altar every day. God is going to move, and he's going to do a new thing. So let us raise our expectation in God, that it is us that God intends to work with these end times and to do a new thing and a great thing in the Lord today. Our Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you and we thank you. We thank you for where we are. We thank you for how far you have come with us. But we pray that tonight you will help us to raise our expectation in you. There are things that we ought to have been expecting you to move and do in our lives, but we haven't. We ask tonight that you help us raise our expectation in you so that you can move, you can work, and you can do things through us for the sake of the kingdom. Lord, we are here for the kingdom. And Lord, we, there are times we have not been involved in what you are doing, but we ask that you help us, you give us an ear, even as we pray, as we wait on you, that we may be involved with what you are doing. We want to be on time and in time with what you are doing. So we ask that God, even as we lay ourselves as living sacrifices before you every day of our lives, we pray that our sacrifices will be acceptable before you and that every day of our lives we will be callous of, of your fire, that we will be able to affect the world that we live in. I pray that each one of us will be callous of your anointing, of your fire, because we will be laid out as sacrifices every day. And we know 
that our expectation shall not be cut off. We give you honor, we give you praise, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, amen. Wow. Um, so much there for us. So much. Um, it occurred to me just real briefly toward the end of what Sue was saying that the enemy has been very successful in instituting a burn ban. <laughs> We're under that right now in our county, if you didn't know that, because it's been so dry and so forth. The enemy has gotten the body of Christ to go into a situation where we're not providing the fire. We're not providing the fuel for the fire. One of the ways he does that is by saying just exactly what Sue said. It hasn't happened. It's, it's, we're talking down the road. And he's gotten the body of Christ to buy into that and to stop becoming expectant. We've got to turn that around. It's an individual thing first, which then affects the whole body. And so that's our job right now. The title of the Dickens novel, Great Expectations, kept coming back to my mind. We need expectations. Yes, we need great expectations, for great is our hope. Um, I actually had a prayer request come in to, during the service. I want to share this with you just briefly, and we'll have prayer for this. And then we'll be dismissed for this evening. This came from Piper, actually. And um, this is to pray for a person who is just getting out of a long, abusive relationship and has asked that our church pray for her. They had intended to be here tonight. That didn't happen. It's not going to happen. But she's asking that we pray for her specifically, that the Lord has been speaking to this lady. Her name is Dana. And I, so I want to just, in closing here, to pray for her in expectation that the Lord is going to touch this lady and to heal her out of this situation that she's coming out. Let's pray. Father, we pray for Dana. We lift her up to you. Here's one who is coming out of a very difficult situation and is seeking you. Lord, implant in her the expectation that you are moving in her life that you will help us as we can as a body surround Dana with prayer that your spirit would intercede on her behalf specifically we ask for freedom from the abuse that's gone on we ask for a freedom in her spirit to come to you and receive what it is that you have for her I thank you Lord that you have been speaking to her and we believe that you're going to continue to do this. Be with Piper as she is working with Dana. Give her wisdom. And we just want to support them in prayer as well. And then, Father, we just ask that you would just continue to move in our hearts as we leave here this evening. Lord, that we would not allow days to go by without bringing the sacrifice. Your Word talks about a sacrifice of praise that we bring into the house. That's one aspect of it. There's many, many more, Lord, that I was hearing tonight. So we come to you with indeed great expectations and ask that you would just intercede on our behalf. Give us new desire through your Holy Spirit to joyfully 
and expectantly bring the sacrifices to you. Lord, we know that you are faithful and that you will light those on fire and it will make a difference in this world. It will make a difference in the body of Christ. It will make a difference in us as we go forward. We thank you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. If you would like to pray with anybody, there are certainly those around here who would be glad to pray with you. We would encourage you. Thank you for being here tonight and be encouraged as we leave tonight. Thank you.